Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing good, wherever y'all are, whatever it is that y'all are up to today, and hopefully y'all are staying warm. It has gotten quite chilly across most of the country, and safe. As always, for those of y'all that are spending a little bit of your time with me today, thank you so much, and for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, um immensely grateful i hope that y'all are getting something out of it individually and i hope that the country is as well as a whole we're going to forego one of our little walks today (laughs) we're just going to have a little sit so it's probably going to be relatively quiet in the background because it is a little chilly here so need to go sit by a fire so today we're going to go back to a quote that we've talked about before but it has been quite a while and this is kind of in keeping with what I talked about recently in one of the last couple episodes we need to go back every once in a while and and repeat things because we need to have that kind of muscle memory where we we know the real comments of our founders and great leaders and even our enemies so that we're not relying on third or fourth hand knowledge or what somebody decides they want to pretend it was today with nothing to back it up so we're going to go back into it and the quote that we're going to look at today is we're going to go back to education and these are a couple quotes by a man named John Dewey who we've talked about before as I said he's considered the architect father architect of modern education in the United States and it's really eye-opening when you look at these comments because just like with the quote by Lenin that we went through the modern American left is executing this to a T folks and it it runs so counter to everything that our nation was founded on that it, it is one of the greatest things destroying our republic today and well, we'll just get into it So I've got two quotes here. Neither one is very lengthy, so I think we'll be able to get through both of them. There is no God, and I'm sorry here, folks. I I forgot to get the date on this one. I want to say it's from the 1920s, but it might be later in his career. I just can't remember right now. There is no God and no soul. Hence, there are no needs for the props of traditional religion. So just that first part of that first sentence goes counter to what, for example, Fisher Ames, who was the person that came up with the final wording of the First Amendment, and he felt like the Bible ought to be a or the school book, textbook in schools. So the idea of no God and no soul, I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous on so many fronts that we are publicly funding this kind of nonsense and we are 
across public education across the entire country, right? You can't force people to have faith or not have faith. Our founders didn't want that. But they knew without a doubt, as I've said often, that without a people that followed the principles of Christ, our republic just, it couldn't last. And so if we're going to have publicly funded schools, those schools have to support and strengthen the founding principles of our country. Which means that the Bible has to be center of our education. And, and we have so many people, you know, you can go back to Washington, it's impossible to rightly govern without God and the Bible. You can talk about Andrew Jackson, who said that this Bible, the Bible is a rock upon which this republic rests. You can talk about President Grant, who made mention the fact that it's the sheet anchor of our liberties, the Bible, God, his principles, John Jay, the first Supreme Court Chief Justice. It is our duty and privilege to choose Christian leaders in this Christian nation. President Wilson, we were born a Christian nation. President Truman to Pope Pius Twelfth, I believe, we are a Christian nation. And, and I, I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface. For those of y'all that have listened to this podcast for a while, you know. So his first comment, this father of modern, you know, the architect of modern education in the United States... There's no God and no soul. So we don't need traditional religion. 100%. 180 degrees counter to our founding principles. And yet we are funding this nonsense today. Forcing taxpayers to pay into a system that rather than strengthen our republic, undermines and destroys it. So we had not even got out of the first sentence, folks. With dogma and greed excluded, then immutable truth is also dead and buried. There is no room for fixed natural law or permanent absolutes. You know, this is just what we see today in so much of culture. There's no, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth, and our two truths might not be the same, but that's okay. No, absolutely not. Now, we can both have different opinions, folks. And we can both be wrong, or one of us can be right and the other one can be wrong, but we can't both be right. There is a fixed truth. And the idea, this idea that has been put into education is, it's affected so many different aspects of education, right? Well, now, little Johnny over here, you know, we don't want to give him the same test as everybody else because he needs a little bit of extra help. So we're going to have somebody read the test to him or we're going to give him a little bit of extra help on the test. But then we're going to pretend that he's still doing the same thing that everybody else is. So we're going to grade him on the same scale and we're going to put him in the same GPA or the same class rank listing as everybody else. And we're all just going to pretend that that's normal because we're, you know, we're going to bend truth anyway. So different standards for different groups of kids, that kind of hypocrisy, right? And diversity and equality, if you don't have a clue that that is running rampant and has been for a while in public education to the point where you can have outside organizations come in and say, you cannot put one more kid in some kind of DAEP program or ISS or special education program if they're the wrong 
race or gender. And if you don't realize that's happening in public education, go find a, a local teacher that you trust, an honest one that'll talk to you about that. Oh, and then the, the great part here is, folks, and this is going to take me just a minute to find, but when he comments on natural law, right? Where, where, do, where, where have we heard that before? Because we've talked about it quite a bit off and on. Oh, Declaration of Independence. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Our founders, again, we've, we've made comment on this multiple times. Our founders were talking about God, the Father of Jesus Christ. It's in our declaration, and yet John Dewey, the father, the architect of modern public education in the United States, says there is no room for fixed natural law. Huh, that's interesting. That goes directly against our founding principles, the very first document of our nation. And we think that that's a good thing in our public schools to force Americans to publicly fund education for our young children that rejects God, rejects nature's laws. And of course you see that. The first thing that pops to mind is LGBTQ relationships, right? Among many others. You could talk about abortion. You could talk about illegal immigration. You could talk about a number of issues, folks. But there are God's laws, natural laws, and we ought to be able to help those children that are going against them but instead of that we're supposed to encourage them and help make their lives worse and it all goes back to this folks a century ago and here we are the left the modern american left is executing this to a t teaching children to read we're going to continue here teaching children to read is a great perversion and a high literacy rate breeds destructive individualism. The child does not go to school to develop individual talents, but rather are prepared as units in an organic society. The change in the moral school atmosphere are not mere accidents. They are the necessity of the larger social evolution. So, uh, it's just, I mean... It's hard. It's my mind. I don't even know where to start, folks. Look, high literacy rate, that's a bad thing. The father, the architect of modern education, who if we get time, I don't know if we're going to because I'm, I'm not going to go 30 minutes today, folks. If we get time, we'll get into the second quote. And maybe I'll read it real quick and we'll come back and visit it later anyway. But the person that's supposed to be the father of our modern education says that a high literacy rate is a bad thing. First off, that's just insane. Our founders would never have agreed to that. They knew that for a republic to be strong, you needed an educated population, which, oh, there's the answer. Because the left does not, that their actions show 
that they do not want a strong republic. Well, if we can, if we can, you know, what was one of the things in the Reformation? The common man couldn't read the Bible. It was only the church leaders that could, right? How did that work out? Not so well. Not so well. We have to have a public that can read and read well. And this is one of the examples where when you look at public education and the testing that goes on today, not only do we test incessantly, but we don't even really test the right things. We're not testing kids so that they can look at an article out of the Wall Street Journal, for example, or the New York Times or some publication and, and differentiate fact from fiction, right? We're just teaching them how to take a test and pass it. And we wonder why. And then you throw in all the other stuff about your accommodations, your special education, 504, all the extra things. Some kids get it read to them, some kids don't. We're going to dumb this down for these kids, but not for these kids, and we're going to pretend that they're all on the same. Both things, and there's others, contribute to this. And here is John Dewey saying, man, this is what we got to do. And the left's doing it. And we're letting them. We're letting them. And we're publicly funding it. We're, we're forcing taxpayers to publicly fund the destruction of our country. It, it, the next part of this sentence, we don't send them to school to develop individual talents, but rather prepared as units in an organic society. So we're making cogs, folks. We're making cogs in the wheel. We don't want kids to have individual talents. We just want them to be units that we can plug and chug into society wherever they need to go. Which is so twisted. Here again, we talked about this recently. This is the good being called evil and evil being called good. The left today talks so much. People that support those values talk so much about, well, we need to treat everybody differently. We need to, you know, they their own truth. Their truth is their truth and your truth is your truth. And yet, what they really want is they want everybody to be the same. They want cogs in the wheel. It's a great little excerpt, folks. A wonderful. This I need to do one of those culture podcasts on this. The uh, oh lord, back in the fifties, lady wrote a book. Main protagonist was her name was Meg. I'm almost a hundred percent sure, but I can't remember right now. And it was called A Wrinkle in Time. Wonderful. I can't remember the, the author's name right now, and I apologize. But in that episode, toward the end of the book, the main character, the girl, gets in a fight with the main antagonist, who's called It. Interesting. Interestingly enough. Anyway, the protagonist says, hey, if everybody's exactly the same, then everybody's happy. Everybody's equal. Which is what? leftism, socialism, communism, that's what they all breed, right? Everybody's exactly the same. Everybody's equal. No. Being equal and being the same or alike, I believe is the word she used. That's not the same thing at all. Men and women are equal. God created us equal with different strengths, different weaknesses to complement each other, to help each other, to support each other. But we're not the same. We'll never be the same ever, no matter how much the left pretends. And we have different roles and different strengths. And ignoring them helps destabilize and dismantle our marriages, families, 
country, it doesn't help strengthen them. So when he's talking about here, we don't want individualism. So when you hear people pushing the values of the left saying, oh, we, we, you know, we got to focus on what they want. We got to divide them. We got to focus on what they want. They really just want everybody to be exactly the same. And they want to pretend that everybody's an individual instead of actually developing individual traits. And this is the father again, John Dewey of modern American education. That's his thoughts, his quotes. That's what we've gotten put into education. And again, the left's executing it perfectly. And then the last sentence here, and I think, I think this was going to, we're going to cut it for today. The last sentence here is the change in the moral school atmosphere are not mere accidents. This wasn't an accident, folks. This was a plan. They're a necessity in the larger social evolution at this point, meaning we're going to try and go from a republic, we're going to try and go from a free society to a communist socialist society. That's the evolution. That's the father of modern American architecture. That's what we're pushing, forcing taxpayers to fund today as a whole. Not all of them, folks. There's some great schools out there. There's some great administrators. There's some phenomenal teachers. But the system as a whole is even those great ones, it's hamstringing. It's preventing them from actually helping our children. And we've talked about, there's another other issues. I am going to read through this real quick, folks. We will come back to it. It's just two sentences. 1928, John Dewey again. State of schools in Soviet Russia are the marvelous development of progressive education ideas and practices under the fostering care of the Bolshevist government that require collective and cooperative mentality. The great task of the school is to counteract and transform those domestic and neighborhood tendencies, the influence of home and church. So get them away from parents, get them away from God. We need to come back to that, and we will, folks, but not today. So I'm going to leave you all with it. I hope that you all stay warm and stay safe. I hope that you realize always, wherever you are, folks, you have a huge ability to influence those around you, to light a candle in the darkness, in your own marriage, in your own household, at at work, just when you're down at the store, wherever you are, whatever it's doing, if you're a student somewhere, you have the ability to make our nation stronger and not weaker, to make our communities, our families stronger and not weaker. Don't take that for granted. Huge responsibility. And if you need help, look around for somebody that can help lead you in that direction. And listen to our great leaders and listen to our enemies like today and see what they're doing. They're telling us, folks. That second quote was from 1928, almost a century ago. And that's exactly what is happening today. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We will talk to y'all again real soon. I look forward to it, folks. I enjoy it. Thank y'all so much for being here.